I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, the king of comedy is back. I'm Jeff Braun. Yes, Jerry Seinfeld has a new special to help bring some laughter into the pandemic. Also, big changes for the Oscars this year, and a recent purchase Jeff made had us both strolling down comedy memory lane. But let us start with Mr. Jerry Seinfeld and his new comedy special coming to Netflix on Tuesday. Who designed the bathroom stall with the under-display viewing window? (laughs) So we can all see the lifeless, collapsed pant legs and tragic little shoe fronts that are just barely poking out from underneath the impotent belt lying helpless. How much more money is it to bring this wall down another foot? The special is called 23 Hours to Kill, and they're touting it as his first comedy special since 1998, so I'm telling you for the last time. He did have another one a couple of years ago, but that was him retelling old bits from when he first became a comedian, so I guess that doesn't count. Whatever, there's a new special on Tuesday, that's all that matters, and it's about time, too. I've seen him twice in concert in the last 10 or 15 years, and they were two different shows, so he's had more than enough material to put at least two specials out in the meantime. It's weird, because even though he's probably the number one comedian on the planet right now and identifies so heavily as that being his job, even though he was the creator and star of one of the best TV shows ever. He doesn't have the albums. That 98 special was his first one. If you go to the comedy section at the record store and look up Jerry Seinfeld, there's only one record. So, many other comedians can pump these things out on an annual basis. Jerry has never been in a rush to do so for some reason. Now, of course, he has been busy with his TV work, not only the sitcom in the 90s, but his comedian and Cars Getting Coffee series, which is a lot of fun. Uh, He is working in the clubs in New York, and he's on the road all the time. He should have put out more albums by now, but that's coming out on Tuesday on Netflix. The streaming service has a lot more comedy to offer up than just Jerry Seinfeld, by the way. In fact, there's been a big bump in stand-up comedy the last few years, thanks to Netflix. They've thrown a ton of money at it, like they have everything else. And that's good news for those of us looking for a laugh. I highly recommend browsing through the comedy section if you do need a laugh. Most of them are hour-long specials. And then the good thing about them is you don't have this pressure of starting to watch a new series. It's just an hour, and then it's over. There's a lot to recommend. Adam Sandler's special from last year is the best one I've seen in a long time. Old pros like Patton Oswalt, Jim Gaffigan, and Bill Burr have a few good ones on there. Ellen DeGeneres has a great special. John Mulaney has several specials. They're all terrific. I think I'd recommend him the most. Mike Birbiglia has a special called The New One, which is fantastic. And there's a guy, Anthony Jeselnik. He's got a couple of hilarious specials. Word of warning, though, he is extremely dark. Each and every joke is in very poor taste. Anthony Jeselnik is not for everyone. For those who do like him, he's very funny. There's a wide variety. You should be able to find something you like. It's like music where it's highly subjective and everyone's mileage will vary. But again, I'd say John Mulaney would be my number one pick and that Adam Sandler special as well. And there's a couple of new ones coming out soon. Pat Oswalt has a new special coming out May 19th, as does Hannah Gadsby on the 26th. She made waves a couple of years ago with her special Nanette. The new show of hers is called Douglas. I think it might be funnier than Nanette? Question mark? Because that special was very dramatic as it was intended. But there's lots of great stand-up on Netflix if you're looking for a good laugh. And again, the new Jerry Seinfeld one comes out Tuesday. Can't wait! You've seen Jerry Seinfeld perform live, haven't you? Yeah, twice. And in uh, arenas. In arenas? Wow. So how... Yeah. What... Uh, What's it like seeing it live versus like a show like that, a Jerry Seinfeld show live versus where you're used to seeing him on television? You know, it's 
the difference with music, uh, like you listening to a Guns N' Roses album and going to Guns N' Roses concert, those are two very different things. With stand-up comedy, it is not that much different, except that you do have the roar of laughter of what was 10,000 people. So there's that, but the experience itself is largely the same, and it's it's impressive. It's more, I think you find it's maybe a little bit more impressive just at the stamina that the comedian can do. Like, to have people... You could tell a joke and make somebody laugh, but to do that for an hour straight with no let-up is, is would be impossible for you or me to do it. And so I, I sort of marvel at that aspect of it. That's the other thing that some people kind of feel burned because comedy shows are pretty much exactly an hour, give or take. And if you're shelling out 80 bucks to go to a show that starts at 8 and you're walking out the door at 9, a lot of people sort of do feel ripped off. But, I mean, it's harder to write jokes than it is to, you know... Do have Slash play a guitar solo, I guess. It just uh, it just goes by faster. But it, it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I went to see Kevin Hart at an arena show. And I'm not a... I like Kevin Hart, but I'm not a... I, I don't go out of my way to watch his comedy. But scored some tickets to the show and thought, what the heck? I'd never been to an arena comedy show. The, the biggest show I'd ever... Uh, I'd been to like a small... Uh, like a theater size, like a couple of thousand people, but never yeah. an arena. And I was impressed at, at how you know easy it was to get into it. And you you mentioned stamina. A guy like Kevin Hart, who is essentially uh, pinball, bouncing around the stage, screaming and yelling, and is when he gets that really high pitched voice. So I too yeah. was impressed by that. And it does help having all those thousands of people laughing along. I think we've referenced this before. I always I always fall back on the movie Jackass Number Two. As being a movie that was had to be seen, I think, on the big screen in a room full of people because it was just in, it's infectious. You, you know, the stuff that you might not find funny watching alone, you enjoy more in the company of a large gathering. So hopefully we will one day sometime soon uh, be able to enjoy large gatherings like that again but in the meantime Seinfeld coming to Netflix on May 5th there's also uh, some pretty cool stuff coming to Netflix just by the way this weekend there's a show called Hollywood from Ryan Murphy you know this is the guy between or who's behind American Horror Story and other shows like Glee and American Crime Story. And uh, he is continuing to make some some big-budget stuff under his lucrative Netflix deal. I'm just looking at an article from McLean's here. This is a limited series that takes place in Hollywood after World War II. It follows a group of young, ambitious characters as they try to make it into the movie business and find their fictional lives intersecting with real-life Hollywood stories. And it sounds a bit like the mix of Hollywood nostalgia an alternative history offered by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but Murphy and his mm. team are trying to give it a more socially conscious spin. Some of the new characters are from groups that rarely got a fair shake in Hollywood, and Murphy is trying to make their stories into an argument that Hollywood would have been better off letting more voices be heard. He reportedly pitched the show to actor Jeremy Pope, playing a young African-American screenwriter, by saying, what would happen if, you know, Rock Hudson and Anime Wong and Dorothy Dandridge had happy endings? And I've heard as well that uh, this series looks to potentially combine elements of shows like American Horror Story and Glee all into one. So if you like Ryan Murphy's stuff, this is certainly worth having a look at. There's another show that is coming to Netflix this weekend that grabbed my attention, especially because we've said so often in recent weeks how much we enjoy watching shows from afar, whether it's Ragnarok from Norway or uh, another show that that I'm watching, which I'll 
mention again in a few moments here. It's called Into the Night. What's that? Also Trapped from Iceland, right? Oh, yes, Trapped. Yeah, of course. Can't forget Trapped. But this one's called Into the Night, and it's just described rather simply as this. Belgian apocalyptic drama about people (laughs) who must escape into darkness when the sun mysteriously heats up and starts killing anyone who is exposed to sunlight. Oh, that sounds exhausting. That would be hard. <laughs> it sounds exhausting. <laughs> so that's the opposite of uh, I Am Legend, right? Because that guy couldn't go out at night because that's when the zombos would get him. Yes. Right. That's right. So yeah. these guys can't go out during the day because sun's too hot. That's right. And consequently, do you did you ever see, I think it was a Danny, uh, Danny Boyle movie called Sunshine? No, but it's got one of the best... Uh, soundtracks of any movie ever. Well, we've used that music a lot in years past, but I've never seen the movie. Really? I remember yeah. I remember being kind of disappointed when I saw it. The, the premise behind Sunshine is that the sun it's a po- it's the opposite of this into the night thing, whereas this what in this one into the night, the sun is heating up so you, people have to go into hiding. In Sunshine, the sun is dying. So oh. they they and it's set I don't know how far into the future, but uh, the cast includes Killian Murphy and Chris Evans I believe was in it. If memory serves and they it, basically they send a team to the sun to try to reboot it to give it a, a jump start so that uh humanity can survive because otherwise they won't die but uh it i remember being a little bit disappointed by it in the end i think it felt like i think the first two-thirds of it were great because it introduced itself as this sort of uh thinking man's sci-fi so to speak and then it sort of devolved into I don't know. I don't want to say a caper or a crime caper, but it just, I don't know. It, fell, it kind of fell apart for me. But anyway, still worth a look, I think. I would actually like to watch that again. I'm definitely getting us off the track here. I got to continue <laughs> in a moment by telling you more about a show that I have been binging. I don't want to say super hard, but hard enough for the, to, to the point where I forgot to watch a show, which we will mention at the end of this show. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. In a moment, I'm going to tell you about a show that I've been plowing through on Netflix. But first, I'm going to take a look at what's coming to home video next week. Tell me, do you remember anything? You're the first dead soldier who we've successfully managed to bring back. This is crazy. Welcome to your future. Bloodshot. Jeff Braun, have you seen Bloodshot <laughs> with Vin Diesel? Your, your boy, Vin Diesel? I have not seen Bloodshot yet. Uh, no, I haven't. But it comes to Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday, May 5th. Of course, in less than two months ago, it was in a movie theater. And then the theater shut down. And then it was quickly slapped onto uh, home video of, like, you could stream it for 20 bucks or something like that. But now if, you, if you've already done all that and you enjoyed it, you can buy it forever on Blu-ray DVD on Tuesday. That's the one where he he's he dies and then he's resurrected and uh, well brought back to life and is made into essentially a superhero, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's just uh, become indestructible because that's what Vin Diesel does now. He I think he refuses to be in a movie where he has any sort of vulnerability or flaw whatsoever. <laughs> it's because he's basically a superhero in all the Fast and Furious movies at this point and in that Triple X movie. So there you go. Vin Diesel, can't kill him, never can. And on Monday, May 4th, Star Wars Day, 
Of course, it is on Disney Plus. Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker coming to that. That just came out on Blu-ray like last week or the week before, and it just recently came on to to rent it to on home video on uh, digital HD or whatever. But Disney Plus is slapping it up on their site as of Monday, which is probably earlier than they intended to. Wow, yeah. And the, the Disney Plus, the, the streaming, they were expecting to have, I can't remember how many uh, subscribers, I think they were looking at like 60 million or something in a couple of years, and they, they, they're almost there after only a few months like they just launched back in wow. november right but i am regretting yeah. i'm kind of regretting doing the the full year subscription to disney plus because i haven't used it since the mandalorian and that ended back in that ended last year so i haven't i think no pardon me i have used it the only time i pull out disney plus is when i want to watch the final battle from avengers endgame because I, I never ended up buying that on Blu-ray. But uh, <laughs> I'm streaming it from my phone to my Google Chromecast, so it's not full HD. It's 720p as opposed to 1080p. Uh. So I'm, I, I think I'm going to try to eventually buy a new TV that has, like a smart TV that has Disney Plus uh, hooked into it, hoping that my cable comes. I use mine all the time, and I don't, I actually, I don't use mine all the time, but... Uh, my girlfriend and her kids have the login for it, so they use it all the time. So we're getting our money's worth out of that one. And I actually had two of the kids over the other day, and uh, we watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, nice. Very good. Very Still, good. It's exactly as you remembered it. All right. Now, I just want to quickly touch on a show that I've been watching. I, I told you about it recently, but I just wanted to follow up because I am loving this show so much. I'm now on to season three, or part three, as it's called, of Money Heist. Señores, acabamos de entrar en aguas internacionales. Hemos conseguido escapar, pero ahora viene lo más difícil. Mantenerse vivo. And yes, it is in Spanish, but you can turn on the dubs if you want. I don't recommend that. I think if you're going to watch a, a foreign show, you got to watch it in its original language because I find it so distracting when the when the audio does not match the visual. However, I did speak to somebody who finished the whole series and loved it with the dubs. Uh, also worth pointing out, too, there is a documentary on Netflix called uh, Money Heist, The Phenomenon, which I will watch at the end of it. I'm hoping to be finished all four parts by the end of this weekend because whereas season one or part one was 13 episodes, I'm just pulling it up now, season two, I think, was 10, and uh, season three... Oh, hang on a second. I don't want Minecraft. Few, are they getting fewer and fewer as they go? Yeah, well, they, the first part, like, it was originally... I think 15 episodes uh, that was sp split into two parts, and then Netflix made them shorter, made shorter episodes, made it into 22 episodes, I believe. So, yeah, <laughs> part one was 13. Well, because it was more manageable, like 40 to 50 minutes. That's what we're used yeah. to for an episode of television as opposed to over an hour. Uh, yeah, so part oh, they two. Were long like that. Okay. Yeah, and then part two was nine episodes. Uh, part three is. Uh, I'm just pulling that up now, is eight episodes, and part four is also eight episodes. So, yeah, the first two seasons were electrifying, and somehow four... Uh, now I'm five episodes in to part three, and it has ramped it up. The fourth episode is... 
I'm relaxed. I, I don't want to say it was the most exciting thing ever because I know that it's just I'm biased right now because it's in my memory. Uh, I just watched it a couple of days ago, but wow, it is so exciting. So I just can't recommend that enough. And uh, anybody I've told who to watch it and they have watched it, they're enjoying it. So try Money Heist. And I'll just very quickly mention as well, if you have not watched The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. If you were at all a sports fan in the 90s, a basketball fan, Michael Jordan fan, or if you hated him like I did, you should watch this. It is so, so cool. Have you checked it out at all, The Last Dance? I'm all caught up. I've watched all four parts. It's a marvelous show. Yeah, it is good. The Dennis Robin in particular, the third episode was uh, <laughs> tremendous. The story of, of Michael Jordan having to go to Las Vegas to drag Dennis Rodman out of bed while Carmen Electra was in the bed. Wow, Rodman, that's quite the life. <laughs> Up next, we're going to tell you about Jeff's recent purchase. I think we mentioned it last week, but we're going to go into more detail and then have a spinoff conversation from that. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Coach Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And a cool thing happened this week that has not at all been friendly to the timing of the Coach Potatoes. Last week, right after we wrapped up our show, this was announced. Thursday, join all of the original Parks and Recreation characters, and we mean everyone, as they come back together for a new chapter in Pawnee history. A Parks and Recreation special event with an all-new story. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, and the it that you heard was the things that these people just said. And now we're recording this Thursday afternoon, and so the show is not yet aired for us, but probably will have by the time you hear this. So we couldn't tee up this Parks and Recreation reunion or review it in any sort of timely manner, and that happens to us a lot. But this time it's particularly frustrating because I'm excited about it. I don't care much for TV reunions in general, and for a show I really love, I'd be highly dubious, but everyone involved in Parks and Recreation is so great, and it's a relatively recent show that it's hard to imagine it sucking too much. Same thing as that Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, where the shows are made by genius TV creators. It can be a good thing. I think like El Camino, we'll find out for sure once we see it, that uh, it'll be good, but I don't think I'll. It's, it doesn't necessarily belong in the canon of the show. Anyway, so there you go. Parks and Recreation, the reunion show. Maybe we'll have more to talk about that next week after we get a chance to see it. Now, a few weeks into the pandemic, Brent, I thought... I started thinking that maybe I should start some sort of viewing project since we have all this time, like you're doing with Money Iced. At first, I thought I'd watch all the Harry Potter movies, but Netflix only has half of them, so couldn't do that, whatever. I didn't really want to launch into anything too ambitious or that would cause me a lot of viewing stress. There's still enough new shows and whatnot being released and other things I've started but not yet finished to keep me going on the new content end. So I was looking for something fun and familiar that would bring me joy. I did some digging around, and I landed on... Cheers. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. Just like And they're always glad you came. Tried to say just let this run for a second. You wanna be where you can see. Our troubles are all the same. You wanna be where everybody knows your name. I tried to fade down the music, but I faded down my microphone, so LOL. <laughs> uh is yet yeah, cheers, that's awesome. Yeah, um, the NBC sitcom ran 11 seasons from 82 to 93. It's on the Mount Rushmore of all-time sitcoms. If you've never heard of it, it's set in a bar in Boston, and the owner, Sam Malone, interacts with his staff and customers, and hijinks ensue. It was my favorite show when it was on the air, and then Seinfeld, of course, took over. I watched about half the seasons live at the time. I saw them all many, many times in the years afterwards on reruns, but I hadn't seen 
the show in years and years at this point. Uh, it's never been on Canadian Netflix, at least not in the eight years I've had Netflix. And right now, the only way to watch it is to buy it on iTunes. Or you can dig around and look for the DVDs. I actually didn't know they made a box set. It did come out a couple of years ago. I found one for a hell of a good deal on Electronic Bay for $60. And that's new, not used. Amazon has it for $110, which is still a good deal. Because it's 275 episodes, which is a lot. It's on 45 discs. I've burned through one and a half seasons or six discs in the past week since it arrived and it's been awesome i know all the episodes but enough time has gone by since i've seen them that i certainly don't remember all the beats of each episode there is though that thing though where i sort of want to burn through the first few seasons really quickly to get to the really good stuff because like most shows sort of the middle of the run is when it's the best although i'm shocked at how many stone cold classics are in that first season and how good it was right out of the gate but i'm hazy on the timelines for everything i don't know for sure when woody frazier or, or rebecca arrive or when diane and the coach leave i'm eagerly anticipating the episode where cliff goes on jeopardy or when they go to the boston garden and wreck the celtics parquet floor or any of the bar wars episodes with gary's old town tavern it just feels good to be back in the bar with those characters it's like going home again it's cozy it's comforting and that's what I was looking for. And I have also come to the realization that setting the show in a bar is genius because there's a door to the outside world and anyone can come through it and it makes sense. They open up so many story options that way as opposed to, say, something like The Office where the only people who would show up at The Office would be for work-related reasons. The bar is open to the public. Anyone can come in except for kids, of course. And you don't really want kids in your sitcom. Anyways, <laughs> the... Because it's, it's rarely a good idea. Yep. If Even if it starts off as a good idea, it ends up being a bad idea because they get hired for being cute and they grow out of the cuteness. The bar setting also works well for the natural turnover that a TV show can experience over 11 seasons. Other good shows are you know, lucky that no one dies, quits, or whatever. Cheers had all those things happen to them, but they're able to easily lean into it as the people in a bar are bound to change a bit over the years. So I've been immensely enjoying my viewing of Cheers this past week, and I've still got uh, nine and a half more seasons to go. Well, and this is actually a great show in the for the pandemic. Be, just listening to that theme song alone, you know, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. It uh, it that's very comforting, and that's something I think we all want right now. And just the idea of going to sit at a bar, I miss that. Even if it's just you know going down to the neighborhood pub, sitting at the bar, having a beer by myself, uh, just to relax or to meet f- with friends. Uh, so, cheers when it was on was also my favorite show and as far as shows that ran in reruns go other than Seinfeld I think Cheers is the show that I've watched the most reruns for I used to watch it every night when I was a kid yeah. like it would it was able to run in syndication and I would watch it every time and I remember because I started on Cheers when Woody was the co-bartender but then in the right. reruns sometimes coach would pop up and i'd always get grumpy because i thought oh i like i like woody uh, who's this coach guy who's this old guy but then after watching more and more episodes i came to enjoy coach more so then when woody would come back i think ah oh, it's a woody episode so i had an interesting uh, back and forth between coach and woody but it's such a great show do you think does it i haven't seen an episode in cheers in years does it hold yeah. up it does hold up. I mean, obviously the hair and the fashion don't, right? And the, the there's no cell phones or anything like that. So the stuff that never holds up, of course, doesn't hold up. But 
Other than that, it does hold up. It's very funny. The characters are developed pretty quickly. I was shocked at how much I'm enjoying the performance of, uh, well, I forget her name, that plays Diane Chambers. Why can't I think of her name? Uh, Shelley Long? Shelley Long. Yeah, Shelley Long. She is terrific in it. She might even be the funniest character in the first season, which oh, it blew my mind because I remember being a young teenage boy watching it and just hating her with a fiery passion, but... I don't know, maybe that's just me growing up or something like that. But no, I think it holds up just fine so far. Especially, I mean, it's hard, a little bit hard to tell because I'm coming into it with an agenda and, a, you know, a predisposition to enjoying it. So if you've never seen it before, you might think that's like, oh my God, this is looks like olden times or whatever. But well, I've been enjoying it. Well, Shelley Long, I mean, she was the standout to the point where she left the show to try to be a movie star but that never really got off the ground for her and then now she just pops up from time to time in things like modern family as a guest star but yeah she was excellent without it's not to say that the show would not have been a success but she and uh, ted danson had impeccable chemistry playing those two characters the way they played off of each other was uh, a work of art so now you have me wanting to watch cheers (laughs) and you have me wanting to go back and watch some of my favorite shows like for example this one is debuting on Amazon Prime on May 4th. I can't do this all on my own. No, Scrubs! All I'm nine so- seasons. That's awesome. That's a show that I... I- re- Sorry, go go ahead, Jeff. Just a reminder that uh, Jeff and I are not working in the same room. Jeff is working from home, and there's an ever-so-slight delay on his end, so sometimes you're going to trip over each other. Sorry about that. Jeff, go ahead. I was just going to say that I recently discovered uh, I have some um, with my cable. I, I set up the guide on favorites, and then sometimes they add channels and don't tell me about it. So I get channels that I don't know I'm getting. So, anyways, I was looking through trying to find some new channels, and I found one that actually airs two episodes of Scrubs every single day. Oh my god! Very yeah. nice, very nice. Hey, how's this? This is another one that I wish I could revisit. I'll have to look into seeing if it is available somewhere. You remember this? Recognize that Is theme that song? Perfect, Str- perfect Strangers? Yes. Yeah. With Cousin Larry and Balki Bartakumus. Yeah. Where is he from? Me- Mipos? <laughs> you remember the name of the distant land from whence he came? I think uh, it's fictional, no? I believe, yeah. He was, wasn't he a sheep herder? <laughs> Something like I don't know. Yeah, that's a great show. I don't remember any specific... The only gag that I remember is when the two of them got sunburned. I think they fell asleep in the tanning beds and uh, they didn't auto-shut off and they both got scorched and they were walking around. uh, They were as red as uh, the sun. Uh, So uh, that was good. And then one more theme song here. See if you know this one. Show me that smile. Show me that smile. Growing pains. Yes, yeah, that's right. Just let 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 it go for a second here. Come on, listen to the soul. This is my favorite part coming up right here. <laughs> okay, that's enough. There's a reason why they probably cut that particular part out of the theme song because this is the extended version, and there is a shorter, like thirty second version. That's a thing about sitcoms too. I remember whenever they would show the shortened version of the theme song, I'd get mad. Like when they did, yeah. especially Cheers, when they didn't play the full theme song, I always got mad because it has the great. It's probably would Cheers be 
like the greatest singing theme song for TV shows? I think it is, and I would honestly say that the 36 episodes I've watched in the last week, I've not fast-forwarded through that theme song once. boy. Let us know what your favorite comedies are. You can find us on Twitter at CouchPotatoes68. Up next, big changes for the Oscars, and we'll tell you which show I forgot to watch this week because I was too busy with Money Heist. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. The Academy Awards are bending the rules because of the pandemic. And the Oscar goes to... For the first time ever, streaming movies will be eligible for an Academy Award. Parasite. Before this year, the rules stated that a film must play in a commercial theater in Los Angeles for seven straight days with three screenings a day to be considered. But because that's not possible right now, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is softening its stance. All films that had a planned regular release but went straight to streaming instead during the coronavirus a shutdown will likely be able to compete for an Oscar, but when the theaters open back up, the rules will go back to normal. Jason Nathans in ABC News, Hollywood. What do you think of this? Uh, that makes sense. I mean, why should those films be penalized for something that's just not within their control? Like you said, that they had plans to be put into theaters and that just got torn away from them through no fault of their own. So that makes sense for me. Uh, honestly, though, if they get the theaters open sometime this summer, it can't see it having a huge actual effect. Maybe this Trolls movie gets nominated for Best Animated Feature, but most of, as we know, most of the Oscar contenders are of nowhere near ready to come out in theaters until, like, October, November anyways, right? So. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I'm curious, so, like, what movies would be nominated? Like, there's been nothing worth... There's no Best Picture nominees that have come out or anything remotely worth being a Best Picture yet so far this year. Yeah. So unless, uh, what, I, like I know that some movies are coming to digital, but most of the big movies, they're just holding off on releasing them because they want them to, to be released in theaters. But maybe the success of Trolls World Tour is going to make movie uh, studios think twice about whether or not they should review or they should release them on streaming because it made a ton of money in its first three weeks, yeah. but there's a major battle brewing because of Trolls and the COVID-19 shutdown. Word came Tuesday that Universal's release of the sequel Trolls World Tour, direct to at-home streaming, was a success, a move made because theaters are closed and people just need stuff to watch. The victory prompted NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell to tell the Wall Street Journal that the move was so successful as soon as theaters open, he expects to release release movies both at home and in theaters, which angered AMC, the largest theater chain in the world, CEO Adam Aaron writing a letter to Universal calling the plan unacceptable and saying it will no longer show Universal movies in its more than a thousand theaters worldwide. That is, when theaters reopen, which might not be until July, at which point AMC and Universal might have made up. Jason Athens in ABC News, Hollywood. Seems petty on AMC's part. What do you think of that? Yeah, it does seem petty. It's kind of it's a little entertaining, I guess, because you just never think of like a theater chain getting like angry about something. But uh, the Universal guy has a point, and I think that's what we are going to see in the future. Is that you know Universal will put out the Fast and the Furious Nine in theaters, but when it has family movies like Trolls, they might just put them out online initially because uh, to a lot of families, that's a much better deal for them. $20 for family movie night is way better than $100 for family movie night. Just got to make your own popcorn. Yeah, and Universal's Trolls World Tour racked up. It made more money for the studio in three weeks than Trolls, the first one, did in five months in theaters. Now, it was $100 million that it made in, in rental fees in three weeks. Trolls made $153 million in theaters, but the studio's 
taking in more of that revenue for itself. So that's something that's certainly an eyebrow-raising thing. So we'll have just just have to see if any other studios say, you know what, we're going to put this movie out on streaming and see how it goes. We only got about ninety seconds left here. We've got to quickly talk about. Survivor. I forgot to watch it on Wednesday night on Global TV because I was watching Money Heist on Netflix and 9 p.m. rolled around and I thought, oh crap, I forgot to watch Survivor, but I gotta go to bed because the alarm clock goes off at 2.30. Did you watch it? I did watch it. It was a good one. They're down to eight players, of course, so and on one all on the same beach, so they can get a little bit more into the weeds with all the plotting and scheming, so if you like that sort of stuff. Uh, you are rewarded, and of course, there was a lot of it was had to do with the blowback from the week before's episode, and there was some stuff over on Edge of Extinction at the beginning that was, eh, it was okay. It was they, those people don't really have anything interesting to say or do anymore, so I, I don't think they need to show them as much. Oh, interesting. Okay, and I, yeah, I read one headline yeah. that said that Tribal Council was nuts. Tribal Council is always nuts, and this one was no different. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to watching Survivor Winners at War. Of course, <laughs> if you miss it or missed it, you can find it on demand. You can find it on the Global TV app. And uh, if you haven't watched any of it, highly suggested. We make the suggestion every week. You really should watch it. That is all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. I guess normally we would do our, uh, this would have been our May movie preview episode. But all right, yeah, it's going to be a while before we have a movie preview. So maybe we might actually continue the comedies conversation next week because we just got on a roll there and uh, we had to switch gears to the Oscars. So maybe we'll revisit that next week. But yeah, there we go. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. It comes out before the show airs on the radio. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.